0: All right. Thanks for hitting the download button. It is February of 2021. It's Wednesday, February 10th. We're doing our continuing coverage here in suburban Philadelphia of the passing of the late Tom Katschowski, as well as the passing of the late Temple Hall of Fame coach, John Shady. On the line with us now, uh, well, he is known to many people as Dr. Vess or... Peter Vesey, he's actually known for many nicknames. He has covered the NBA for the New York Post as well as uh, worked his time as a commentator on uh, NBC, but he's also a native of Queens, New York, where he went to Archbishop Malloy in Queens with the late Tom Konchowski, Dr. Peter Vesey. Doctor, it's a pleasure to have you on here on The Voice Report, and uh, I I brought you on to talk with you about your relationship with Tom. What do you remember most about him?
1: got me mixed up with Dr. J. I don't think anybody else.
0: Well, that's me. true. That <laughs> I mean, We I, still call you Dr. Vesey.
1: I I understand how that can happen, but uh,
0: That's
1: true. <laughs> and, and uh Tom and I did not go to Malloy together. Uh he was way behind me.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. I figured because he was 74 because of the age.
1: How much so? I'm three I'm 3 years older than him. But but uh, I did go to school with his brother, his older brother Steve. Yes. We played on the varsity together. Steve was a year behind me at Malloy. And, and then Steve went to play at Acadia. one of the first Americans to go to Canada to play, had a, had a real good career, and is still coaching high school, the same high school, yes.
0: for 50 years yes i did i do remember hearing about that and 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 he was definitely uh he and tom were the biggest basketball fans of the new york area tom always said that i didn't get a chance to play because i wasn't that talented so i made up for it by becoming a kind of a scout where he started going around the new york city area and looked at players like connie Hawkins and uh, you know just the rest kind of his uh his history and and tom was just And first of all, he was not only a a, a genius behind the basketball world, he was an amazing human being, and everybody that knew him never had one bad thing to ever say about him. Well, I'm here
1: to tell you a lot of bad things about him. Oh! No, only only kidding. No, I, look, I never had. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, Pittsburgh and Honesdale. Yep. Uh, And uh, so he was always there. My son was there like. From Sports Foundation, and, uh, and and Larry Perlstein, who was uh, who is still alive, by the way, ninety six years old.
0: Amazing, yeah.
1: But uh, There aren't too many of us left, actually.
0: I think there. No, is- no, no. And, and, but you've always been in a way the pioneer. You're in some way like Tom, the the OG in this in this industry. And I, how long officially have you actually been working? At the New York Post, because you're still there, correct?
1: No, no, I'm not there. You're, you're retired. retired. Come on, Jacob. Ah, uh, I'm retired eight years, so I'm glad. You, I'm glad you really stayed up with me. But wow, I, but, I do. I am writing uh, right now for the NBA Players, retired players association. They asked me to to write a column a week, so I started that. About uh, I've done six already. So every week I do one.
0: And how's that? And how do you? And what do you write mostly about for the retired players?
1: You know, it's it's my call. So uh, you know, when Paul Westfall died, I wrote a tribute to him. When Casey Jones died, I did a tribute to him. Um, I did a tribute to Hawthorne Wingo the week
0: before he died. Yeah,
1: which was Earl Monroe. Earl Monroe sent me the word. He says, "If you're thinking about writing about me, don't."
0: No, and, and and he, like I said, and you've just pretty much proved the point. It just seems like over the last couple of months, we've lost so many different people in the basketball world, from KC to Paul and, you know, just recently, John Cheney from Temple, who was revered, by many as one of the great black coaches in basketball to john thompson uh, at georgetown to lute olson in arizona i, I mean it's it's like tommy, you just said Tommy, tommy, tommy and tommy Hineson was i forgot him but yes tommy Hineson for the Boston Celtics. my goodness doc, uh, uh dr vesey there have been just people are just passing and passing away and what do you make of all these these people that you learn from
1: what do I make of it? You know, you haven't even mentioned the Hall of Fame baseball players who died within, you know, a two-, three-month period, you know, with Hank Aaron being the last one. Hank Aaron, yeah. Lou Brock and Stever and Whitey Ford and Bob Gibson and on and on. I know Pete Rose says he doesn't want to be in the Hall of Fame anymore. He
0: <laughs> Did you, Did you you know, I just was watching the Kareem documentary yesterday on HBO. Did you know that in the movie Airplane, uh, Jerry Zucker originally wanted Pete Rose and not Kareem, but they couldn't get him because they were filming during the summer? I never actually knew that, and I was amazed about it.
1: No, I I never, I never.
0: Yeah. Well, so (laughs) let's talk about, uh, because you've had a very successful career of of your own way. And again, I, I grew up watching you. As a member of NBC, um, do you have any favorite moments uh, covering the NBA all these years?
1: uh oh, my favorite. I mean, I got a ton of favorites. You know, some of them, some of them, a lot of them, down in Philadelphia because I spent a lot of time uh, covering Julius Irving when he, when he, you know, when he was traded, when actually when he was sold from the Nets to to the Sixers. Uh, he and I were really close from the Rucker Tournament. He was the best man at my wedding.
0: I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so I spent a lot of time down there. And then also, even later on, when Alan Iverson was there, I, I bought season tickets to uh, three straight years with the 76ers because I, I just loved going down there and watching him play. And NBC was sending me down there a lot, as was the Post. But... uh let me I mean, favorite, you know, you could pick out a player, pick
0: out any player I could give you a story on, it, whether it's, you know, Julius or uh, Larry Bird, you pick a player. His, you. his, um, the thing I re- that I love about Julius, and I've gotten to know him the last couple of years, is the charity he does every year for inner city children in the New York area, because, you know, it was, it was not long ago, Julius said that I too was uh, uh, I was troubled in the New York area, and have you had a chance to actually attend his golf event in september
1: no i have not i 'm not a not a golfer
0: but you' but you 've heard of that event though uh, not really oh yeah, so the event itself raises money again for inner city children. he hosts an event uh, he was doing it at the salvation Army in I want to say near Philadelphia University. Uh, Now it's Jefferson. Then he went to the uh, practice courts. Uh, It was, it's a basically, it's a free uh, clinic. Where kids get to come and play with some of the uh, some of the staff members, and then Julius will come out and he'll get to like share a couple of stories. Matt Korn uh, actually does the MCing. Who's our PA announcer here? Matt does a phenomenal job as the voice of the Sixers. Uh, again, it's it's something I've learned so much in the last ten years since I've been in the business, and that's players who really give back to the community, and, and, and that's, I honestly can say, I think a lot of them learn from, from a Howard Garfinkel and a Tom Kaczewski. Well, I don't know about
1: Garfinkel,
0: but... Uh... Yeah, I've heard that story, too. I heard he had some, I heard he was uh, he was tough to deal with, and do you, uh, were you friendly with with Garf?
1: Yeah, I was friendly with him. You know, like I said, I went to the camp uh, four straight years, and uh, I had a relationship with him for many, many years. I, you know, he 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 once told me that uh, everybody everybody wants to write my book. Everybody wants to write it. You know, Curry, Kirkpatrick and blah blah blah. I, he says he says, "Would you like to write it?" I, I said, "Yeah, I'd like to write it." He
0: said, "But you got to tell me the truth." He said, "Forget it." <laughs> when you when you look back on. uh, and and I've I've been doing high school basketball now for about 16 years. When you look back at some of the greats that came out of the high school world, is there one person in particular where you could say, I knew he was going to be something if he got to the NBA?
1: Yeah, Kobe Bryant.
0: Oh, that's it. Yeah. And Tom had the opportunity of, of seeing him play many times when he came down to Philadelphia. And I'll tell you this: um, if I had to say anything about Kobe Bryant, I could honestly say that one of the most humble people in the world. And do you remember um, a Jeremy treatment from Scholastic Play by Play? I do
1: not. You know, Jacob, I gotta really wonder about you. Really, ah. <laughs> you, you just throw out stuff. Do you think Kobe was like one of the most humble people ever? You gotta be kidding me.
0: I, I was. He was always very nice whenever I got to talk oh, to him, be, sir. To
1: you, I mean, he was. He was a, He was a killer. Yes. But he wasn't humble at all. He was never humble.
0: Well, maybe, maybe around me, and again for that.
1: Uh, okay, well, it was broadening your sights a little, Jacob.
0: That's true. That's true. Um, but you knew that Kobe was going to be successful when he got out of Lower Merion in Philadelphia, and 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 why is that?
1: Let me, let me you know, let me speak. So yeah, I knew it because uh, I was told by. John Nash, who was the general manager of the, uh, of the Nets at the time, and he's from Philly, he told me that uh, he had heard, he'd been told by players who played against pros that played against Kobe in the summer uh, when he was a junior in high school, that he was dominating down there against the pros. So when he came out as a high school senior and the Nets had a chance to take him, Nash wanted to take him. And uh, they worked him out three times. They thought he was unbelievable, as did every team that worked him out. And then John Calipari was the coach, and he had the power. And John got spooked by uh, by, by Kobe's agent, Arn Tellum, mm-hmm. who told the Nets that he wouldn't play for them. And Calipari fell for it. Like, like where was Kobe going to go? And I remember asking Kobe many, many, many years later, I said, well, You know, what was the story there? Would you have played with him? He said, of course I would have played with him. I wanted to play in the NBA. I said, well, what do you think would have happened if you played for the Nets? He said, well, John Calipari would still be the Nets coach.
0: Wow. That's uh, that's something. Come on, buddy. No, I I understand, and and like I said, I I was such a huge Kobe fan, and watching him play and the dominance that he did when he played on the Lakers, him him between him and Shaq together, and then when Shaq left, I I just think he continued that uh, tradition, and um again, he was I know was he didn't really embrace his roots as a Philadelphian, uh, but he did embrace the fact that he was. A phenomenal basketball player, and 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 it was just tragic. We lost him at such a young age, and he was he was gone. Yeah, let
1: me stop you. I, I I totally disagree. with you. he definitely embraced his roots.
0: Oh, I did. Yeah, that I guess that's.
1: He, he, he definitely did embrace his roots. He, he loved it when he come down there and they would boo him as a, as an opponent. He loved the fact that uh, you know because that he, he that's that's when he was at his best when people were booing him.
0: Yeah. Well, that I, that I withdraw, that I withdraw that, uh, he didn't like Philadelphia. I withdraw that completely. Uh, Dr. Vesey and you're, you know, I, again, it's, it's a little tough also, um, when you're trying to sort of put pieces together. And, and like I said, and I, I just wanted to per, uh, personally say that I'm, I'm, very honored to, 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 before I continue this, that I'm honored to speak with you. I do apologize if I've said anything that's kind of on the uh, type of fence. I, I am kind of marking out because I've been a fan of yours for so many years. Like I said, I think you're an amazing writer, and you were an even better broadcaster when you worked uh, in the NBA. So let me just kind of go on record and just kind of throw that out there. Well,
1: I appreciate it. I was even a better basketball player. But I didn't know
0: that. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> hey, so um you you uh are, are where are you currently um are you still living in New York?
1: I live in upstate New York.
0: Oh wonderful
1: Saratoga Bar- Springs.
0: And how 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 are th- and I understand that um, and one thing I did do research on with you was um your brother was a writer, correct? Correct. And um, and is and he where is he writing?
1: He's retired, also, Jacob. He retired about the same time I did. Yeah, uh, I found out the other day. He did a telecast. You know, he's with the New York Times, and uh, he covered everything. He didn't only cover sports. He covered Appalachia and covered religion. He covered India. He covered everywhere. But he he said the other day on a tele on a radio broadcast I was listening to that he's written thirty books.
0: Including, wow, uh,
1: including coal Miner's daughter and uh, one yep. on uh, Stan Musial and. Uh, and uh, Martina, I mean, he—I I couldn't believe thirty. I—I I called him up. I said, "I haven't—I
0: haven't even read thirty books." No, no, I, I think it's pretty much. Uh, I, I'm barely able to read two books, and and you know, I know how to read. I just don't necessarily read a lot. If, yeah, I mean, if they, yeah. if it catches a drift.
1: Impressed by my brother.
0: Yeah, so I just uh, brought this up yesterday with Kenny Anderson, who's currently coaching down in Nashville, and uh, we were continuing our coverage uh, with with uh, the glider himself, and you know, alongside yourself, Jim Larinaga was a stu- was a, a Malloy grad. I believe he was not too much older than Tom and Kenny, the Jet Smith, who I know you have a good relation. I'm, I'm assuming you know pretty well from uh, the NBA.
1: Yeah, we worked together at TNT for four years. Sure. I mean, does it... All those guys went to Malloy. But, you know, even before those guys became pros, you know, we had, we had uh, Brian Winters, uh, we had Kevin Joyce. The number, number of guys came out of uh, Malloy to become pros. And, you know, Jack Curran was the coach, and before him was Luke Hanasekhar. Will he Coke, who also is still alive in his ninety six.
0: He was a great coach at Saint John's for so many years, and I understand that uh, Tom was a very good friend of of Coach Curran.
1: Yeah, no, definitely was. Yeah, he spent a lot. He spent a lot of time over at the Malloy gym. But, you know, when I was a freshman at Malloy, I was the first class in Malloy, and so as a freshman, they had come. The school had moved from Saint Anne's in Manhattan. <laughs> So it had a it had a sophomore, junior, senior body, but I was the first freshman class, and kind of second was the coach that one year, and they went thirty three and zero that year, and then he took Willie Hall, who was the star of Malloy that year, and he went over to St. John's as an assistant to Joe Lapchick, and then the year after, another guy from Malloy went over, Donnie Burke. And that's how that's how a lot of guys started going to St. John's. They stopped going down uh, to South Carolina and North
0: Carolina. Not,
1: am, and not everybody.
0: Amazing. And 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 most recently, um, Malloy graduated. And again, we could all uh, agree, disagree with, but I, I think he was a. One of the best players ever to come out of the Malloy area. I know he didn't finish. He ended up going to Oak Hill Academy his senior year. What do you make of uh, current, uh, I believe, Orlando Magic basketball player Cole Anthony?
1: Well, I've only seen him on TV. I never saw him in high school. Uh, you know, I certainly covered his father, Greg Anthony, with the pros. Uh, but I, I you know, I'd heard about him when he was a freshman, I heard how good he was. But as good as he was, as he is, I'm sure, uh, Kenny Anderson was the guy that uh, you yeah. know could have started as a freshman, but Curran decided not to not to start him as a freshman, just to keep his uh, swelled head uh, in proportion. But brought him into the game quickly. And I remember Curran calling me when Kenny when Kenny was a freshman, and he said that uh, Pete, he says we got this guy at Malloy, and he. He's
0: the player that you wish you had been. <laughs> wow, yeah. and and you know, I'll tell you this: I had the chance to meet, and I've only met, I've only been around Kenny a couple times. Meeting that guy and just kind of like you know shooting the bull and talking with him, you learn so much from from a guy like him. It wasn't that long ago, if I'm correct, he he he's reco- was recovering from a stroke. He was fighting for his life. Yeah, a couple of years ago. He was fighting for his life. And, you know, uh, he and his wife and two kids are now living in Nashville. They've been down there for almost two years. He says the greatest thing of all is helping out young kids. And I believe he's done a phenomenal job. And we all know the NAIA uh, does good work, uh, whatever uh, university that you go to. And I'm going to agree that. He was one of the most elite players ever to come out of a, a school like Malloy. What did you ever make of... Let's, let's, let's take it further.
1: He's one of the most elite players ever to come out of New York City.
0: That's what I was... I was just about to say that. I was just about to ask, was he one of the most elite, and who are some of the great players you saw in New York City?
1: Well, I mean, I, I saw most of them when I was covering, but uh, I mean, look, Kenny, Kenny was one of the greatest, obviously the greatest... Ever to come out of uh, New York was uh, Lou Alcindor. Yes. You know, came Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Of course. And, uh, you mentioned Connie Hawkins. Of course. And Roger Brown and Billy Cunningham. And, yes. I mean, it's an endless list. Tiny Archibald. Uh, it's an endless list.
0: The Mecca. I mean, they always say it's it's like the Mecca. Are, are you and are you still? Um, do you get a chance to watch any? I know right now we're kind of on hiatus with because of the pandemic. Um, Do you still get a chance to watch high school basketball in New York, or do you ever get to follow it?
1: No, I don't. No, not not at all. I I did a piece the other day for the retired players uh, about (laughs) the guys that came out of Brooklyn from 1974 to 1986 who played high school ball only in Brooklyn and then became NBA players. How many do you think?
0: How many do you think there were during that time span? Uh I'm going to say at least maybe one. One? Wow. Shows how bad I am with Brooklyn. Hey, <laughs> one second. Get a grip, will you? <laughs> 33. 33? Oh, my God. 33, crying out loud. Oh, my God. Okay, so I probably could have ballparked at least 20 or 25. I just, because for me, Brooklyn is... It was never, you know, it's been hard for me to cover Brooklyn basketball. I will definitely tell you that some of the best basketball, when I go to New York, uh, I, I love uh, Lincoln High School. is one of my favorite high schools I ever watched. Uh, Tiny Morton did such a great job for years with that program, whether it was Stefan Marbury or uh, all the way down to Isaiah Whitehead to Sebastian Telfair and most recent uh, Lance Stevenson. I mean,
1: uh, you know you who know, was one of the best? Early ones, you're gonna you to have to look them up after.
0: We yeah, play. of course.
1: Dave Newmark.
0: I re- yeah, the name Dave Newmark definitely rings a bell. And where did he play?
1: He played at Lincoln, and then he went to Columbia, and we played with Jim McMillan, and they had a tremendous team there for a couple of years. And then he and then he played three years of pro ball, and then uh, and that was it. But he, you know, a lot of injuries. He's in a wheelchair to this day, mm. a long time. But anyway, he's a Lincoln guy, and he was one of the first Lincoln guys. He he played he played Alcindor even when they played against each other in
0: high school. Hey, so that Power High School you you brought up Lou Alcindor when he attended Power High, and it's in the documentary of Kareem of Minority of One. One of my favorite games uh, I've I've never actually seen it. It's a little before my time. Was the high stake matchup he had with Morgan Wooten and Dematha? What do you make of that game and and. Um, you know, could could you was it amazing to believe, uh, just how how high the stakes were in that game because there was so much talent that night on that floor.
1: Well, I mean, they lost the year before. DeMatha had lost the year before, and they came back and they and they won the second time. I mean, look, DeMatha was loaded. You know, it was, it was really, you know, Cinder was he had some good players on his team. Bethridge, who just passed away recently. And, uh, and then they had a forward who played at the Fairfield. I mean, they were good, but the math was loaded. So, it, you know, really wasn't that much of an upset. Um, you know, when, when Alcinda was younger, they lost to, uh, uh, Linton, Linton High School, upstate here where I am in Schenectady, and they had Pat Riley on that team. Wow.
0: So. It, you know, and, 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 uh, another thing we I wanted to talk to you about uh I've been watching this a lot on the NBA is the new look Brooklyn Nets the big three James Harden and um Kyrie Irving and of course Kevin Durant is there trouble in paradise right now I've been watching uh last night that Nets suffered a very tough loss and there was certainly uh some tension going on it seemed like uh the big three were kind of—I wouldn't say yelling at each other, but they were yelling at teammates. What, what do you make of this uh, this new look team,
1: Jacob? I really gotta wonder about you. So, yes. So Durant did not play last night. He True. Was not allowed to play because of the COVID. But you saw them yelling.
0: I saw some. Te- there was a little Come tension on. with DeAndre Jordan.
1: Come on, bro. <laughs> look, I think I think the problem is you know that they put together a team of superstars who were offensive minded. They got rid of all the key role players except for Harris. You know, I don't even I don't even include uh a Jordan. I
0: think he's way past his prime. Yeah. If they they got rid of their defensive players, they got rid of their role players, and now they're just
1: trying to outscore everybody. Well, guess what? You got to stop somebody. You don't win just on offense. You have to play the other end. So they're going to have a problem. With their, you know, again, they didn't have Durant. They won't have him for I think a week, another week or so. Yeah. You know, very difficult. When the three of them together, they seem to, have to be very coherent and uh, uh, compatible. Um, I mean, it's amazing. You know, Harden is putting up the uh, the, the uh, assist numbers, which uh, you know he did that in Houston too. But he's doing it more within the confines of of, of uh, a real offense instead of just playing in isolation. But Having said all that, Jacob, I hardly watch the NBA right now. That's very, I'm really, yes. really not that interested. Yes. Uh, I follow it peripherally. But I still follow it better than you do.
0: I, yeah, I can see that. I, I, it's, it's very hard because I'm very much key to the high school, to the basketball scene. And before we let you go, um, how are things going for you right now in upstate New York? How are you hanging in uh, with the pandemic?
1: You know, Saratoga has had its problems up here. In fact, the, the first variant um, in the United States was up here in Saratoga Springs. Some jeweler, guy who owns a jewelry store. But overall, um, there's no problem up here as far as you wear your mask. Everybody conforms to that. Uh, it's a great town. The restaurants are, are basically open. And the stores are open. So it really does not affect me much, you know. I got my dog up here with me,
0: and you know we're, we're doing okay. Thank you. Well, it, I just want to again say thank you for for being here again on the on the voice report again. A podcast specializing in high school and college and professional sports. Again, I tell everybody this all the time. I may be the voice, but I have no Dr. Peter Vessey. Uh, you know, of course, winning the Kurt Gowdy Award in two thousand nine. You're a Hall of Fame journalist. You're a man that's really knows much about basketball, and I certainly believe you know more uh, than I do. I re- we do appreciate you stopping by here. Um, right, Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you and again. Like I said, I do have to get uh, some facts. We're g- I'm going to be doing some homework when we get off. Again, uh, thank you to Dr. Peter Vesey for joining us here again on our continuing coverage of the passing of the late Tom Konchowski. All right. Here I am. Jake Schwartz again. Uh, thank you for tuning into The Voice Report. I am coming to you on location at the Greensboro Day School here in Greensboro, North Carolina. Tough night tonight for Greensboro Day as their season unfortunately comes to a close and they lose to the their longtime rival, the Cannon School, 82-78 in the North Carolina State semifinal game. And I'm proud to welcome back one of my favorite guests here on The Voice Report, the living legend himself, Freddie Johnson. And coach, you're in some capacity... You're one of the last remaining survivors, I guess, as they say, in coaching history. But nonetheless, uh, I, I, was, I was glad to be able to reunite you with a good friend of yours, uh, Temple coach Fran Dunphy, who uh, Fran, I know you and him have a good history together. Yeah, but
2: Fran was very important for us in, you know, in early helping me out with J.P. Mormon and signing him up there. And What a class, first-class guy he did, and what a great job he did at Temple and, uh, you know, I call him a friend because he was there. And, like, I call him up, my J.P.'s freshman year, and he'd tell me everything that was going on to help me out, to help J.P. out. So I really have great respect. Like, I have great respect for you. And have you come down here and visit us? It was a real honor for us. My first it, time it, here. It is. Unbelievable. And, I hope it's not your last time. No, right? So we, definitely we, we appreciate it. And you know, it was a tough game. But Cannon's an excellent team, well coached. Shay does a great job coaching the team. And I think you got to – our hats off of them because I thought we played as hard as we could play. Unfortunately, two of our better shooters, one of them got in foul trouble and he didn't play in the first half because our philosophy is like the Carolina philosophy. You get two fouls, we're not going to play if we can stay within five. And we were lucky we were within five at half, and the second half we took off and got the lead, but we just couldn't get the next basket to go up six. So if we could have gone up six, I think it would have been a different I, game.
0: I wanted to point this out that uh, – It was only a few years ago that you mentioned the name J.P. Mormon, and he's doing such good things at Temple. Uh, Fran Dunphy uh, mentioned it over the phone with you a few minutes ago that J.P. is such a leader to this team. And it was only a few years ago when he played in this building. And you would have a sellout type of crowd with a capacity. What was it really like before COVID? Play, if, we, if, we'd play, if, we'd have, if we'd have
2: played, if we'd if we have played tonight and had fans tonight, it, you would not had a seat in the gym. They'd be lined up in the hallway. It have been the, one of the most electrifying crowds you've been to in a situation. We'd have had a thousand people here for the night's game, and what night, my hats off, which is my team, because my second group were great. If you noticed tonight, they were loud the whole game. They cheered like cheerleaders the yes. whole game. And the great thing about this team is our culture and ability to be all good friends. They're all very close. And and it's being not being in school and doing online learning added to it, and I'm so darn proud of these kids. And, you know, it's one of my coaches says but his favorite team he's coached is he's been here with us. And I am lucky like, I, got, I got Jeff Smith. What a great assistant coach he is. College experience. you had two leading yeah, you had Two
0: leading scorers tonight. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas was uh, unbelievable, and, and, and uh, of course, uh, Tim. I believe the uh, the Texas Tal- native, Nathan- Tyler Lamb. Tyler, no, I'm Tyler. sorry, but uh, Tyler I was very. And, yeah, but Nick- either way, this was a low. This was a well balanced
2: scoring yeah, type of affair. We, we, we have good players, and Nick is. One of the best point guards in the state, and he showed tonight why he is. Because I mean, the kid that's going to Stafford couldn't stay with him. Yeah, and, Jarvis uh, Moss. Sure. And so you know, Nick's really good and crafty with the ball, and I'm so proud of him. And Tyler, what a welcome addition he was, and and have him move to Greensboro. And you know, his brother was a long snapper for the Panthers, got traded to the Jets. Yes. And fi- finished I did up with not Seahawks. Know that. It finished I did up not with the that. Seahawks. So they moved here to be close to the brother playing football. But they got located the brother got traded. Incredible. So and so, you know, great kids. and I thought I thought my my two big kids, CJ and uh, Jackson that we were both hurt, both more hurt. Yeah. We didn't know Jackson that wasn't going to be able to play tonight. And both of those kids did a great job battling the Reese kid. And I'm so proud of the Reese kid cuz he's been out hurt for Christian, off off. Christian Reeves, yeah, the seven been, footer. Because yeah, he really so,
0: started out the game. Yeah, he, he was impressive he as was. could be. In fact, I think he scored the first six points he, he does, for Caden. So, you know, how did you manage to readjust? We put CJ in our,
2: our 6'11 kid. I thought he did a good job on him. And plus, we didn't help off of him as much. But he, I'm so proud of that kid because he's fought through battles of injuries and he's come through he this. He looks like uh,
0: somebody yeah. that gets into he's the line. He is a great kid.
2: And I, I'm proud of the, does I'm, he,
0: Is he going? And is he committed? He's anyway? got
2: another, he's, four of their guys have another year. Well, that's so, what's scary yeah, about Miles it. is the only one that graduates. And, but, you know, we're lucky. Yeah, Tal- Tyler is the only one that graduates. First, right, well, so. well Eli, you
0: know, you mentioned Eli yeah. um, with 21 points tonight. Right. And it was DJ Nix right. who really set the tone in the second half of 25. Yeah. What do you feel like you need to do better against him? Well, uh, yeah. He's, uh, well,
2: we haven't been in a matchup with him since he's been there. I, I, don't, I don't know how we match up with him. We tried everything. Jaden, who's our best defensive player, we start on him, and Jaden gets two reaching fouls, which – we're not fouls you should have gotten. He did it. And so he spent the whole first half on the bench, which hurt us. I mean, it really hurt us not having him in the game. And But, I, again, our guys off the bench did great coming in. And CJ was really good. Joyce was good. And we did shorten the bench tonight. We didn't play our – we had two other guards that are good. They're a little shorter. And we went more size because of the rebounding edge. And I thought we did a better job on the boards of the, after the first quarter.
0: You know, I, I think I might have asked you this the first time around. Uh, how do people take you down here – in, in Greensboro I mean you've, you've lived here your whole life you've mm-hmm. had the opportunity to you really could have honestly left here and gone to in college or even mm-hmm. really somewhere mm-hmm. higher uh, how do people take you here you know what I, I, I love Greensboro and I, it's my home, and uh,
2: I'm so proud of our city and our Coliseum, which puts on big-time basketball tournaments. And I just—it's Greensboro's me, and Greensboro Day is something I love coming to every single day of my life. And you know, today, my highlight today, I go see my two-year-old grandchild,
0: get a yes. hug from him.
2: Then I go see my five-year-old and get a hug from him at this point.
0: <laughs> so that, yeah. that
2: just makes my whole day brighter. Being and you've been
0: married how long? Officially, of marriage? <laughs> you
2: shouldn't ask me that question it's been a oh, long wow, time. Oh yeah. wow, Time. Uh, uh, we five, dated no we dated now my wife and i dated for almost 10 years we got married we got married almost at 30 years old that's the reason so, i ask
0: is, is how have you been married since the early 70s, 60s With all the trials and all the tribulations you've been here 44 uh-huh, years uh-huh. you know how do you make this well, you think, i've been
2: married 36 years 36 right, years right at 36 and years. you've
0: been married, so so i mean how, how do you how so how is it you've been married since 1984 <laughs> and to be able to coach yeah, to be able to live that type of life, you're also the team's AD. Yeah. Again, the trials, the tribulations. It's,
2: it's my wife. That's easy. She's great. She's a, I mean, she's a coach's wife. She's involved with me in everything I do. She, uh, when I come home at night, she will have she's watched the games this year, she would have her notebook out. With, oh, yeah, I remember you saying that, actually. So, she's a supporter. And she's a supporter. It's killed me and her. Her not being a company. She did see yeah. two games this year, but that's it. And not having my grandkids at the game. And oh, you know, I, I think yeah. that's, uh well, well, you know, Yeah,
0: they would be pretty happy if they got to see Grandpa. Oh, they,
2: they would love, they'd love it. Little, do you
0: like having uh, Robert, your son, uh, uh, who's been with you mm-hmm. for the last – how many years officially has, has I'll Robert I'll have been? to ask
2: him a, long, a while. So at least, how do you at least like, 10 times. Being
0: able to have your son with
2: you, that makes it special because he's got a great basketball mind. You know, he played JV at Carolina, he worked with CB and Jared Haas, he was a coach at Stanford. He worked with both ends, he brings that Carolina thing in. Then you got Jeff Smith, who's brilliant. He's brilliant. You know, he's down right now because of the points you gave up tonight. But he's done a great job. That's why we beat IMG that year. He despised yeah. the defensive thing. Then I got Jonathan Leonard, one of my young guys, helping me. Colin Smith, who does all the video. And then Jeremy Spidell, who's actually head of their leadership program at BB&T. So we, we got we, – it's more than basketball here. It's school and
0: everything. And I do. want to talk about uh, – I know we brought this up the last time with John Shady, But uh-huh. it was not too long ago – that another dear friend of ours, in fact, today the world of fastball said goodbye to the legendary Tom Kaczowski. When you talk about a guy who you and I first met in his hometown yep, of Queens, New York, yep, yep. we're hoping that maybe we'll see each other in New York again in March, which yep. again, is the jury's still out? It's, yeah, for I, don't, I don't think they're having
2: it in New York, they're, they're gonna have to move it down south somewhere. Okay, say. well, let's but Tom, but, Tom is, yeah, please. I mean, let me tell you the best story, and Robert was please. probably. 14, 15 years old, and we used to work Bob Gibbons together, and Tom was always there. And I'd go, and, and one night we said we were gonna go drive back, we said we we're gonna stay, and I'm up at the front desk trying to get a room. He comes up to the person at the desk and goes, Look, get these guys the same rate I got, get them a room. Tom and, said that. And, and he took care, he just, I, we paid for the room, but he got me like $40 off on the room. But he, you know, the guy remembered every name, and I don't know if there was a nicer, Person in the whole world. Than
0: him. Do you think he would have been at this game if, if he had not been sick? <sighs> he would have loved to be at this game. I think know? he would have.
2: And my good buddy John Rhodes at Merle Beach Beachball. I mean, John. I mean, the, who we also. I, I, am I so lost. glad that I was able to go to beach ball this year? And I never thought it'd be John's last time. But we went out to breakfast three times in August and September, and just it, it, John's the best. What I
0: mean, was John really like? I mean, uh, you know, being able to for forty years creates such an amazing event down south. He was a
2: great politician. He could get everybody working together. I you probably didn't see the playground. Now, no. If we ever go to Burtle Beach again and you're no. down there, I'm gonna show you this playground he had yeah, built for special kids. No, I mean, I've he, never he I mean this thing is unbelievable. It's it's probably twice as big as this gym. Wow. <laughs> I mean it's but I'm telling you the man loved Myrtle Beach. And I, I'm actually going to go down and take some t shirts to him tomorrow because they're doing a big blanket
0: for him and oh, stuff. Didn't so, really. Yeah. So in Myrtle.
2: I, and Myrtle, that's his wife's doing it. So, but you know, he's, those two guys, we lost two legends. Yeah, basketball.
0: we really, you know what? And I mean, you have to remember, it's one is from COVID and mm. one had been battling cancer for two years. Yeah. And yeah. I said this before, the last time I talked to Tom, I saw him in person. He was just, you could see how his hair was mm. almost as.
2: Shorts. Right. Mm-hmm. It was
0: thinning, but he because he hey, was so sick. I
2: hear you can go to Turkey now and uh, get hair transplants so that does work.
0: <laughs> but and, you, know, you, you,
2: that's you, what you, guys like you got to step in and well, help now because we don't have. Yeah, you don't. You're not going to replace a Tom or a John. I don't think You no, can't, you no, can't no, replace them. Not. And you got Bob Gibbons, who's a great guy. Well, and, Bob
0: is retired. Yeah, now. Bob's retired. But, but Bob had a legacy, he did. and Tom and mean, Tom had a legacy. You know, I mean, and John had a legacy.
2: They all did, and they all. I forget the first time I met John, he was in charge of. Felton's team at AOU, and and then I started going to his restaurant all the time. He had a restaurant in Myrtle Beach, and we got to be close friends. And you know what? I'm, I'm the luckiest guy in the world because I've got I've had so many good friends through basketball. You have, and that it's such a joy for me. You know, so I just I'm lucky.
0: So my question now, I guess this is the simple, the last question to ask. Forty four years now officially done. Are you planning to come back for your forty fifth season next year? <laughs> I promise you, I'll be back next yes. year.
2: I don't, now, and you will not your, see me retiring. Well, but. the
0: only way I mean is with what we've all been going mm-hmm. through. But I don't even think COVID's going to stop you. Well, I, I, I'm hoping we don't have to deal with that next no, year. I, year but, go no, I we're never going to go down. No, I don't.
2: Over. I don't have any. I mean, when I can come and be because I, well, I love
0: Steve Smith. I love Steve's great, you know. right? But but when I look at a Freddie Johnson, I think that's a coach. That's a man who's built from the ground up. Nobody does it better like Frederick Johnson. He is one of the toughest coaches. He's one of the most respected coaches in America. Getting a chance for you to bring your talent down up north to Mm -hmm. New York, Mm -hmm. coming from the south, I mean, that's what I – I mean, everybody knows Steve Smith and everybody knows Kevin Boyle and everybody knows, um, you know, the Finleys. But I, I think you built the legacy and the success and reputation coming to New York and playing these national type of programs. I think, and I give I think, you a ton of
2: credit. I think us beating IMG put us on the map and stuff. Yes. And so we hope maybe we'll get an invitation to maybe the tournament in Florida or something this year. Well, and I was play in if, there.
0: If, if you want my honest opinion, after seven years, your SID Mike Sumner, I finally <laughs> took that man's invitation. Jake Schwartz again here at the Greensboro Day School with the one and only uh, Hall of Fame, the living legend, Mr. Freddie Johnson, back again. It's so good to see you. Tough one again, as your team, as again Greensboro falls eighty-two seventy-eight to the Canton School this season. Thank you, man. I, I you know.